Hello and welcome once again to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Van Taten of your host, and I want to welcome all our new listeners. Man, things have been just going crazy with people signing up for the newsletter and uh, visiting the site and the podcast downloads. Um, so thank you. Thank you for checking us out. Man, it is, I'm coming to you from Estes Park, Colorado, and it's a cold Wednesday morning. It's been negative 10 for, I don't know how, for the last couple days. And uh, officially now, looking at my studio thermometer, which is actually just the back of my bedroom thermometer. We're, we're not going to get into semantics on that. Um, it is it is 8 degrees, and it just dropped from 10, literally when I recorded the first take of this, um, like three minutes ago. So temperature's dropping again, and the temperature's dropping throughout the world right now. And I, I'm speaking of what's happening in the Ukraine. Um Man, it looks like we're on the precipice of, of possibly something that could evolve into just a global conflict. And you think we would have learned the first two world wars, but we're really good at, at, at screwing things up. So, you know, hopefully we will figure out a way out of this that, that doesn't entail massive loss of life and resources and the destruction of people's lives. But that's not actually what we're going to talk about today. Today... Um, I have a special interview, and I know I say that all the time, but this one is, and they all are. But what we're going to be doing is, so as many of you know, I went through a fairly dark period of my life the last few years, um, and uh, you know, me and my wife had separated, and um, we we were pretty much gone our own separate ways. But things happened, and the pandemic, and everything else. But during that period of time. I had a person who really helped me through some of my darker days. And that person, as it turns out, was a trans woman. And um, someone who's still very close to me to this day. We're still good friends. Um, and before I had met this person, we're going to call her B for this podcast. Um, I really had no experience knowing trans people or interact or then developing a, a interpersonal relationship with trans people. And with just how things are going in the world today, I thought it would be good to humanize and tell a success story of someone who didn't feel like they fit into their, their own skin, into their own body, that it just something was wrong there and took the steps and didn't care what anyone else thought, just screw it, I'm doing it. Um, and then found some real success, some real sunshine in her life. And I thought on a, a day like today when that, that the darkness is creeping upon the horizon and the, the pigs of war are rattling their sabers, that it might be good to hear a good story about someone who has changed their life for the better and, and really began to thrive. So... We're going to go ahead and just jump into this interview. Uh, this is with B. Now, B lives in the Denver area. Um, I've known B for four years now. And um, I know that before my own experience, I had a lot of misconceptions. I just, I was ignorant. I didn't know. And really, I, I, I encourage everyone, you know, if with as divided as we are in the world today, it's really going to take us reaching out and making human personal connections to begin to find 
some unity as a nation and just as people in general. And I can tell you that the 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 influence that B has had in my life has I will be thankful for for always because you know she's the universe crossed our paths and it was for a reason and that reason did very much benefit me and my girls' life. And I think it's important to tell these stories. I think the success stories are important in that, you know, for if, if you're a young trans person possibly listening to the podcast, this might help pull back some of that uncertainty um, and, and, you know, those dark things that, that go right around in your brain um, when you're not sure. And, and hearing someone who's been through it and come out the other end and, and you know, blossomed into this 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 butterfly that that could help so anyway i'll let you decide here's the interview and uh we'll go from there all right folks we are here with b okay. and are we doing where are that? we going it's Wait, how you got it. turn this, off. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is going this is how it works it's just a conversation just think of it as a conversation i didn't know you were going to do it like a podcast i thought you were just going to interview me it is like a podcast it's, it's it's an interview for a podcast. Okay. That's how it works. All right. So, B lives in the Denver area, and she has a successful business, um, and really is one of the success stories. Now, B, tell us about where you were before you transitioned and what brought you in your life's journey to deciding that you needed to, to make a change. Um, I was watching television and Barbara, Barbara Sawyer, is that her name? Diane Sawyer, was doing an interview with um, Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. Side note, I hate her, by the way. It's horrible. And, um, but anyway, I watched that whole interview and I was amazed that Bruce Jenner, you know, had become Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like overnight. And I realized that I had been wanting to do this for a while and I didn't want to be old like she is, you know, when she did it. And I just thought, now or never, I work for myself. I can't get fired, so now's the time to do it. And the very next day, I went and talked to a doctor and started um, getting on hormones and planning all that out. Now, you lived life as a male before that? I presented as male, yes. Um, and so how long of a process was it? What, what, what does the, the process of transitioning entail? It's not easy um, for me. Well, for me personally, for my transition, I will my goal is to uh, present as female and to, like, pass. That's what my goal was. So not everyone wants my, you know, you don't have to do any of the stuff I did to be trans. But for me, it was important that I grew out my hair and I got rid of uh, body hair and then get on hormones right away. And then um, I didn't want to talk about it to people, so I didn't tell people I was transitioning. It's really personal. And that weird middle zone where you're, like, in between looking like a guy and a girl is the most awkward phase. And if people know you're transitioning, they are always, I think, all eyes are on you. So I just kept all that real quiet. And um, I just grew out my hair. I started getting laser treatments all on my entire body and started hormones. And then once my hair was long and I felt like I didn't have, like, facial hair and all that anymore and I looked like, you know, a girl 24-7 anyway, I thought, okay, now's the time to get some boobs. And all that was probably, like, in about six months' time, I grew out my hair probably to, like, my jaw and then decided just to get on, go for it right away. And what was, was there a reaction from the people around you that 
knew you previously? I did a Caitlyn Jenner style. I just showed up one day as a woman. That's how I did it. I didn't tell anyone I was transitioning. I just had grown out my hair and I had dressed like a boy. I didn't tell anyone anything. And then literally I had my boobs done one night. And then I put out a, um, a thing on Facebook that said to everybody, you know, I'm transitioning. And I just had uh, first of a series of gender confirming uh, surgeries. And this is my new name. And, you know, this is it, you know. And I, it was overwhelmingly positive. And then that next week when I went to work after recovery, I, I was... I was um, the new me. I never looked at that. So it was just like one day I was presenting as male, but, you know, a few days later I was presenting as female, just like that. And you've lived ever since? Ever right. since, yeah. And how long has that been? It's been, let me, I was in 2017, was the first year, uh, October 2017. So how many years is that? Five. Yeah, I think so. So we're in 2022, so let's see. That's five, almost six years. And have you... It seems like the whole process for you was was a very positive experience, something that was very life affirming. And you know, we hear how other uh, women who transition don't have such a, a positive effect. Why do you think yours was, um, you know, really just kind of a well easier than others? I'll say. I don't know if that's the correct term. Yeah, I wouldn't say like my transition was easy, but I feel like. I have a lot of issues that most or a lot of trans girls have, um, which is like I pass, which is a good thing. So when you pass, it does make life a lot easier, you know, on you, like kind of like living stealth, you know, and some people have to do that in order to like survive or some people just don't want people to know and they live under the radar. And some people don't have that luxury where they can do that. And I know that life is harder for them. So for me, I never had that issue. And it, it's just been, I would say, a great experience for me like before I transitioned nothing made sense and then after I transitioned like everything made sense everything was easy and just fit into place a lot better so what advice would you give to, to young people or people anywhere in their life journey that that are feeling the same calling that they they're feeling like they need to to go through the same process that you have mm -hmm. I would say don't wait do it now um, don't wait for other people's permission or don't wait for like a job that will accept you or don't wait for like, you know, friends and family to come around. I was like, just do it for yourself now, you know, because you know, we're not here for a long time. And, you know, I think the sooner the better that you start living your truth and, you know, start presenting the way you feel on the inside. That's the most important thing. So I would say, don't wait, don't put it off. Just do it now. And everything else that, you know, has, you know, anything that doesn't work or has an issue with it, they just kind of will go away on their own. I think that all falls into place. Um, and you know, when I first met you, we've known each other for what, three, four years now? Since 20, uh, January 19, uh, 2019. So three years. Mm -hmm. And, and when I met you. That's on four years. Yeah. Yeah. Three, four years. 19, 20, 21, we're in 22 now. Yeah. Four years. Um, you know, I, when I first met you, I would have not known, um, and I mean that's how passable you really were. That you we went just, out with your friends one night and they didn't even know. Right, and and just you know traveling a bit and such, going to other locations other than you know Colorado is a pretty mm -hmm. uh, friendly place to be as far as allies go. And we went to Montana yeah. and like there was no issue. Yeah, yeah. And so it really has been, you know, it, it it kind of is the 
you, you're living the dream as far as that goes. Cause it seems I mean, like, I feel like I'm lucky, you know, because my goal is to pass, you know, and I want it to pass, but you never know, you know, but it wasn't about that. I figured even if I transitioned and I wasn't pretty, it wouldn't matter because like it's, I, would, I couldn't, one of the things that sealed it for me was I could not imagine myself as an old man. That sounds horrible and just wrong on every level, but all the time I can see myself as an old woman. So that's how, one of the things you can like, makes you sure that you're trans. So talk to us about interpersonal relationships, you know, before transition versus after. Um, did, did, did the relationships kind of affirm um, that? So before that I transitioned, you to go? I had no relationships pretty much. I had like one or two boyfriends my whole life. And I like very few friends, just a couple of friends that I've had since high school. And um, not social at all. I'd go to work and then go home. And, you know, pretty much, I'm kind of like that now. I like to be alone and be at home. But now, you know, now that I've transitioned, like, relationships are easy. You know, they come and go. And, like, I've had many boyfriends. And it's just easy now. Before, it was all work. And it seemed impossible. Like, you're outside looking in at everyone else living their life while you're not doing any of the things you want to do. And then once I transitioned, just all that opened up for me. And how was response from, from like your inner circle of your family? You know, I, I quit talking to my mom before I transitioned, um, and not because of the transition, just because she's not good to have around in general. And um, so, and I, the only family I have other than her is my little sister in Colorado, and we're very close. And she's very supportive, and she's my biggest supporter. What are your thoughts on, on the legislation like we're seeing in, in different red states where they're actively trying to, it seems to be trying to undo some of the progress we've made when it comes to younger trans people. Um, as, as someone who's been through it and, and is living the life, what, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, that how, say, high schools uh, deal with policies dealing with trans people? I'm not aware of, like, many of the policies going on. I haven't been in a high school in, like, 25 years, so I don't know what's going on in them. <laughs> Are you sure? You kind of seem like you might be. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Like, I know, like, there is the whole issue about, like, trans kids in bathrooms, and I think that they should definitely be able to uh, go into the bathroom that they feel safe in or that the gender they identify as, you know, for sure. I think if you're a trans kid, you should be able to use, you know, the restroom that you want to use. I think that's kind of stuff is petty and ridiculous and it's easy to pick on trans people and in those republican states you know they're really conservative and i'm not surprised to see that kind of stuff but i'm not sure of all the stuff that high school kids are going on you know going through right now how much of a factor did just social acceptance in general play in your decision none at all I didn't even ask anyone's opinion because I didn't even care. It's just I knew I was going to do it, and this is what was happening. So that was, like, not even an issue for me. I do think it's sad that they're not letting, like, they're making laws where trans kids can't participate in sports. What would you like to see? What would be your ideal? Well, right now they're saying that, you know, trans kids can participate, but they can't uh, compete. You know, that's, you know, transphobic and horrible and, you know, wrong. And so that's horrible. So I hope they figure that out. I hope that doesn't start spreading to other states. How important do you think kind of the culture? Because, again, in Colorado, we're, we're kind of in a, a big ally state here. Mm -hmm. you know, we've got our first openly gay um, 
governor and, and, you know, that's apples and oranges, but, you know, just the, the, the community read here in Colorado is much more accepted than other places. Mm -hmm. Um, how important do you think that is for young people going through some of the things that you've gone through? Um, you know, as far as finding acceptance and, and finding that happiness. You know, I don't, I've never lived in a conservative state, so, you know, it's hard Aren't to... Aren't you from, like, Yeah, South? I, I was, you I'm know, sure eight you years old South. when I left, and so being okay. trans or yeah. gay is a non-issue. You know, I went to church then, and I, you know, was, was very religious, and, you know, you know, my, I'm drastically different now, so, like, I've well, always... you're still religious, you're still... I'm spiritual, I wouldn't say I'm religious. Like, I quit going to church just because I think they do harm... Like the trans community and like the gay community or just LGBTQ. Well, that's kind of new, isn't it, though? You yeah, I quit going to church. Like I, I was going before the pandemic and I loved going, but, you know, they, they take the stance. I've been like learning, you know, from my trans friends why my church isn't great. And they've been taking the stance like they're not going to say um, that trans is bad or gay is bad, but they also don't condone it. You know, they said that's a sin between you know, you and God to work out. And so they do see as a, th a sin. And so, you know, it's not something I, you know, I think they're wrong. I disagree with that. You know, I don't think God, you know, made me uh, wrong, you know. And so I, I just, I don't want to contribute to that anymore. And I don't want to give them my money or my energy anymore. So I quit going to flat irons, but I do miss it. And I still believe in God. So I just have to find the right church. Gotcha. Um, is there anything you want to add that we, we haven't touched on? There's too many short men in Colorado. <laughs> You're only 5'11", right? Right. I know. 5'10". We need like, Maybe taller five guys eight. in Colorado. Yeah. That's the only thing. Other than that, Colorado's great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for taking the time and, and just, you know, being willing to be vulnerable a little bit in this interview and, and just open up. Because I think it's important that, that other people that are... In similar situations where you were at one point in time, have those those success stories to hear about, to, to find that hope that life can be better. Because, mm -hmm. you know, from my read of you, and this is being a close friend for many years, and I think it's, it's important for people to hear these success stories, to hear that it can be done and it can be done in a way that makes life much better. Yeah. And one other thing is... Um I did everything on my own. You know, I didn't go through insurance or anything. I just, like, I paid everything out of pocket. I didn't know how to do anything. I just had to find everything out on my own and mm -hmm. just figure it out. But now it seems like any it's so easy if you if you decide that you want to transition. Like, I feel like our government makes it pretty easy if you can't afford it. I found out a lot of trans people who have, like, very limited income. They still get all their hormones taken care of, even, the, even their breast augmentation facial feminization is like it's you know it's encouraging so if you feel like you're too poor or you can't do it that's you shouldn't let that stop you you know right and always options how long of a process is it because i i came into your life later on you had begun living as a woman for mm -hmm. uh several years and and a couple years anyway and and very comfortable in your own skin. Mm -hmm. Finally, it seemed it seemed like you know you were finally leaving. A, yeah, it was like a, a breath, a, a breath of relief mm -hmm. that you kind of were finally yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how long does it take from start to finish? Well, you know that's the thing. It's like you know being trans is like a whole spectrum. So like you can be trans and not 
take a pill or get mm-hmm. a laser treatment or do any of that just stuff. Just how you identify. It's just right. how far you want to go and like what you want to present as. So if like for me, I'm going like the whole way. So for it's, it's not fast and it's not easy. So it's like a couple years worth of hair removal for laser, and then it takes at least two years for your hormones to fully kick in and give you the effect that they're going to do. And then, you know, it takes at least that long to grow out your hair if that's what you want. I would always say for, like, at least give it two years to start seeing, like, real results. And, and there are definitely going to be some, some hurdles to get over, like the, the second puberty. Um, that's right. I get morning sickness. I, right. I, I started getting sick in the morning, and that, that happened after about a few months of taking hormones, and I adjusted my medication many times. And now I just smoke pot to, like, alleviate that pain and that's been working pretty well so so explain that to people who don't know people who you know may be thinking about this mm-hmm. um what what is that second puberty as they call it and, and yeah you're going through a second period when you start hormones like your body's shifting around on the insides you know and it's changing again and like the things that testosterone did to your body is now gone and like estrogen is rearranging stuff. And so, you know, your fat is going from your, um, you know, your belly into your hips and butt and thighs and that kind of thing. And then you're growing breasts and then you just start getting fuller everywhere and your skin gets softer and your hair gets finer. And like, you know, just, you, you know, you transition. And so it just, but it takes, you know, a couple of years, I think. So let's talk and about. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, let's talk about, so as, as more and more people become trans and it's accepted more and more into society at large, um, there, there are a lot of people, and I find myself in this demographic of people that, you know, really wasn't exposed to the trans world. Now, you know, I, I, at the time looked very kind of straight male cis, um, not that I was, I was straight, but. Um, you know, I, I had presented very... a super butch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for, for people that may be connecting for the first time with a trans person, what, what advice can you give them? Because there, there isn't a manual for people who find Don't a real ask human what's connection. between their legs is number one. Don't like, if you say, if you, if the words, can I ask you a personal question? Come out of your mouth. Don't say it, you know, because, no, you can't ask me a personal question. And, no, it's none of your business what's down there. And, like, you know, I don't want to talk about my boobs to you. You know, that kind of thing, you know. So, like, don't ask those kind of questions. If you couldn't ask your, like, you know, grandmother the same question you're about to ask a stranger, then don't ask it, you know. Yeah. Um, That's the number one. And, and at what point is it appropriate to, to discuss these issues? I mean, as if a relationship They may budding, never want to discuss them with you. So there may be a point where you're never going to get to find out all those weird questions you have rattling around in your head because they may not ever want to disclose them to you. So that's totally up to them and what kind of dynamic you have. But, like, if they want to tell you what's going on, then they'll tell you. But, yeah, pretty much don't go there and don't start asking questions about hormones or your hair. Is that your real hair? Is that a wig? You know, are those your real boobs? You know, what size are they? You know, are you going to get the surgery? Did you get bottom surgery? It's like, don't, don't say any of that stuff. Okay. And I'm just going to shut up and let you talk. Well, that was it. (laughs) Okay. Um, what, anything else as far as, you know, people that, that are, have not been exposed to the trans community? They most uh, likely have been and they don't know it. Yeah. You know? I mean, there is that. I'm sure they've met plenty of trans people and they just, it didn't register or they walked by them or, you know, they just didn't realize, you yeah. know? Well, I wouldn't have known. I mean, I wouldn't have known until you told me. 
I was watching, what was it, Euphoria the other day, and I'm obsessed with this new show, and I found out that the lead character is trans, and I did not even know that. Yeah, my 16-year-old daughter. It's the best show on TV right now. Just You've got to start up. watching that show. It is amazing. I've been reading the news stories like behind the scenes, talking about just the, the, the carnage of the lives of the actors. It's so amazing. This stuff, but... Yeah, Lux is definitely like I think that, binging it. That show hardcore. needs to win awards. If you haven't watched it, you need to start watching it. It's incredible. All right, I'll put it on the, the list. Just give it at least two episodes, you'll be hooked. Okay. Is it a flaming train wreck? No, it's it's amazing. I think that Zendaya should win some kind of uh, an award for her role as like a drug addict. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's about teenagers who are on drugs and you know alcohol the whole time. I, it's it, and what's funny is, like, I have a lot of high school students, and they're like, I'm literally the same age as the kids in the show, and people are talking about how realistic the show is, but it's, like, this, like, nothing like my high school life, and I'm like, yeah, mine either. <laughs> so hopefully it's all bullshit, because that would be horrible to think kids are like this, because kids oh, are... I think it's probably a lot worse than we willing to admit. It can't get worse than the kids in the show. I don't know. I have teenage daughters, so, yeah. I, and I write fiction, and I can say that life so, so often is so much more bizarre than fiction. Just watch the show, and if your kids are anything like this, then you got some serious problems. <laughs> <laughs> I got problems anyway, but, you know. I think that's more karma-related than anything. Could be. All right. Well, thank you so much for, again, willing to, to tell your story. I think it's important. I think it's it's one of the stories of our generation, and, and uh, the more we talk, Probably one of the most important stories. stories of the century, I would think. Oh, really? With that said? Yeah. I'm not saying it's not. All right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I think these, you know, I'm a storyteller. I want to tell the stories of my life experience and those around me. And um, I hope you found it interesting. I know the stories I try to to pick out are the ones that I would want to listen to, the ones I would want to read. You know, and that's pretty much my whole editorial process is, well, would I want to hear about that? And so that's what you're getting here. You're getting the stories I want to know more about, the stories I want to tell, the stories I think should be told. And, you know, the uh, the trans community here in Colorado is growing and it, it's part of us. It's part of our community. And, and so those stories, it's just as important that we tell those stories, too. Um, so for later on this week, uh, tomorrow I'll be heading down to the Larimer County Courthouse. Um, where I will be providing an update. And I will be providing an update on the escape room owner who has been accused of uh, attempted second-degree murder, kidnapping, a whole bunch of other stuff that ties into child exploitation, child pornography. Um, and keep in mind, folks, this, this story's been going on since last summer. And these types of cases take years to resolve. So I know a lot of people have been asking me for updates on that. The updates haven't been there because these court dates get pushed out, and especially in the beginning of this process, it it's very it's a very long process, and there's not much going on in the beginning of the case. It's once the trial actually starts that you know some of the the details that people want to hear are going to come out as far as you know the extent of of how many victims there may have been. And in this case, really, folks, there's a potential for thousands of victims because of um, some of the allegations 
And we'll be going into that more as the, everything is is publicly revealed and I can, you know, I have something to back up. I have, you know, court documents and and public record to back up this story. So just hang in there. I'm going to keep, keep covering that story. That's something I've been covering since the very start. Anyway, um, I was also going to be doing a interview with one of our people running for town administrator, but they wanted to put it off. Um, I guess the timing wasn't right in the strategy or something like that. I don't know. Um, you know, they're welcome to come back on. I'm doing it kind of first come first serve. So if you are running for a candidate and you'd like to get on the podcast and just be able to have some time to, to tell us about yourself and why you're running, just reach out to me, Jason at Colorado switchblade.com. Um, I'll be reaching out to every one of the candidates on my own as well. But I apologize. I told you last week we would have that interview this week. I'm going to still try to get an interview for this week, uh, but I just don't know if I'll be able to. So I apologize. It was out of my hands. Um, also, uh, you may check out the Denver Post this weekend. Um, they, uh, a reporter came up uh, last week, and they're going to be doing a feature article on me and um, kind of what I've been doing since uh, walking away from the Oath Keepers and, um, you know, what I'm doing with the Colorado Switchblade here. So should be a, a, a good article, I hope. I don't know. Knock on wood. You never know until it's out. Um, but I will uh, I'll post it once it's up and published. Anyway, thanks for listening once again to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Van Tatenhove. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>